what is the word there and welcome back to another episode of the inner entrepreneur podcast this is season one episode nine and we're going to be continuing the interviews with um some special entrepreneurs so you know on our last episode we had matt on the episode before that we had unika daniels the editor of my book that's going to be coming out soon Okay, so make sure you get on the updates for that. And today we have another special guest, um, Daniel for X. He is a member of the Nation of Islam, follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and of course an entrepreneur, and he specializes in amateur radio. So if you missed the announcement for this earlier this is what's going to be happening now and as i mentioned if you have a favorite entrepreneur or somebody whom you would like to see me interview on this podcast definitely let me know you can tag them in this live stream or make the suggestion to them or if you are an entrepreneur yourself and you would like to be interviewed on the inner entrepreneur podcast just submit a request on my website use the contact form that's all the way on the bottom of my website so that's verinalake.com all right so go or you can simply click the link in my instagram bio i also have my website listed on facebook so you can just go to that and just click contact on the home page there and then it will bring you to that contact form or you can shoot me an email at wealth at verinalake.com so that's wealth like what we're all trying to get <laughs> w-e-a-l-t-h at verinalake.com that is my business email you can reach out to me there so basically if you're new to the podcast the whole point of me doing this podcast is of course to highlight entrepreneurship and you know to just talk about it from a holistic um, approach the good the bad the ugly the the beautiful parts why is it why is it necessary because my goal is to motivate uninspired youth through my story with a passionate voice and also give them practical tools to entrepreneurship i believe that entrepreneurship is no longer a luxury but entrepreneurship is a necessity so i felt that it would also be a good idea to bring on other entrepreneurs so you wouldn't only hear it from me but from other people as well so okay our special guest has made it he has arrived so i'm just going to go ahead and bring him on but just by way of introduction i met daniel through the abs tribe um, majority of the people who i'm going to be bringing on that's where i've met them that's my network my pool of people who i associate uh, with so daniel is also a member of the abs tribe like i said he's an entrepreneur he's a father as well and a faithful follower of the nation and i'll let go ahead and properly introduce himself and thank you to everyone who is joining welcome again to the inner entrepreneur podcast this is season one episode Hey. Hey. <laughs> I am doing great and yourself. I'm wonderful, wonderful. Home now, so I'm not at work no more. So now I have, I have the time to do 
whatever we got to get through here. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Excited to be on, you know, for, for, for the audience out there, for those who are going to um, watch this later. Um, this is a very powerful flat platform, and I'm um, honored to be a part of it, Sister V. Uh, I do watch her live. Sometimes if I miss them, I'll go back and watch them. I enjoy the way you represent what we've learned in digital real estate and purpose to profit and all the ABS Institute's courses and stuff uh, and the way that you deliver it to the people. Um, so keep up that good work. Oh, thank you very much. But just for those people who are here right now who may not be familiar um, with you, just give us a brief introduction about yourself. What do you want the people to know about Daniel? Give us a rundown. <laughs> <laughs> so peace family, my name is brother Daniel. 4X, um, as I am known as a follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, um, under the direction of the Honorable Brother Minister Luz Farrakhan. I'm a registered believer um, in the Nation of Islam. Also, um, you might see me on Instagram as Daniel KC1NCF. Um, that KC1NCF is my call sign, which means I'm a licensed amateur radio operator. Um, I've been that since May. I think May 5th, I actually got my license. And now I have learned enough um, by way of radio communications and survival preparedness that I'm now teaching a course in radio communications and survival preparedness. So that's what I have going on now. That's a little bit about myself. Okay, great, great. So what I how I usually like to start off with the question is to kind of, you know, go way back in the day, day, you know, think about mm -hmm. little Daniel and in terms of your upbringing and so on. So was entrepreneurship that was something that you grew up in? Was it something that you had to learn or were you exposed to it at an early age? Um, I wasn't necessarily, um, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't say I grew up around it, but I did grow up um, in a household with a stepfather who's been there since I was two years old. He came into my mother's life when I was two. Um, and so I was in a two-parent household, but I mentioned him because, you know, um, I had an example of work ethic in front of me. My stepfather was one, uh, I really can't call a time when he didn't work. Like as far back as I can think, I can remember things to back when I was three. I can remember like vividly moments from when I was three up and so he's always worked. I remember going to the different restaurants he worked in, Boston Kitchen, Dimmick um, Community Health Center. I don't remember the name of the hotel, but he worked at a hotel where there was like, used to be a lot of wrestlers and stuff. So as a young boy, I, I remember those times meeting Hulk Hogan and, you know, Andre the Giant oh, wow. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, when I was like a little, little guy. And so um, that's really, I, I believe, when my work ethic started, having a male figure in my, in my life who worked. So I didn't necessarily grow up around entrepreneurship but i did grow up with a certain type of work ethic knowing that a man had to work and earn his money um so i was the type of person that has always felt that you know i wanted to make money i always wanted to be able to do for self not with using that terminology like that wasn't in my mindset but i had no problem with doing something in exchange for whatever it is i wanted and so you know my very the first time that i ever got paid i was like 12 years old 12 or 13, um, doing a program with, called Read to Lead, where we would go and um, read books to preschool students, or yeah, preschool students, and take them out to the park and stuff like that. And that was, the, when I was 13, that was the first time I heard the word entrepreneur. 
But I still didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't look into it, didn't know nothing about it. And that was in one of the meetings we had. It was me and a bunch of other 12 and 13 year olds. And they brought us in the room, the boardroom. They, they had this, this book called Entrepreneur. And they gave each of us one of them. I didn't read it. I was a reader too, but I never read that book. Um, <laughs> but I did have that book. Like, and, I, and I was about earning my money. And in fact, what I did is I went and pulled out um, a check from when I was, this was from when I was 14 years old. Um, mm-hmm. This is the that second check I received. I don't know if y'all can see this, but um, this is the second thing you see. So you see my name up there in the corner. Then mm-hmm. uh, you slide over. You see that's from um, 2204. Mm-hmm. 2204. So I was born in 88, so I was 14 at the time. So I'm no stranger to, to earning my money. Cool fact. Everything's over hell. <laughs> The fun fact, I have almost every pay stub that I've ever gotten since since my first paycheck. Oh, wow, really? Are my you mother. having that as a keepsake to kind of like show your kid or is just you like to scrapbook or something? Is there a reason behind that? Or you just can't let go of this stuff? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> well, it's really two things. It's two things. Uh, one, it's because, you know, I did actually want to, you know, I was I'm proud of myself. I've always been proud of my work ethic. I've been aware that I, I have a different work ethic than most people my age, at least. And so I, it's always something I wanted to keep close because I'm proud that I went that route um, in the face of other things. Not that I didn't dabble in other things, but yeah. And then um, also my older brother gave me a very good tip. My oldest brother, who's no longer with us, um, he told me that you should always keep um, pay stubs with you. You know, keep your two most recent pay stubs with you um, in case something happens and you get in a type of situation where your, your money could be seized um, and you're out there in the world doing other stuff and, and that would protect your money type thing. So I used to just save all my paychecks. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we can see from a young age, Daniel was always with the money reside. Where the money yeah. reside. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> you was always where the money is residing, period. Okay, so um, you said that you saw your stepfather working in a restaurant. Is that the reason why you're working in a kitchen? No, or that's just something like a coincidence? Not even close. That's that that was um out of convenience and and turns out it was a blessing. So um I do like cooking actually. Uh, I don't cook so much anymore. Like I don't cook at my job. I'm an expediter there. Um but I do enjoy to cook um and I can cook. I'm not I wouldn't call myself a chef. But so growing up with my stepfather, you know, I said being in and out of the kitchen, you know, it, it, it's something I did develop a passion for. But I actually ended up working at that kitchen because um, before that I was working at Marshall's, like the department store from TJX. And at that time, you know, my wife ended up pregnant. And so, yeah, I was in it. I, I couldn't hold on to that job much longer with a baby coming into the world. And I got my first apartment and stuff and it just wasn't cutting it at seven something dollars an hour. And I i am familiar with the, um, the, the executive director of the organization I work for community servings and so he got me in in for an interview and I started off in that job as a dishwasher so I went from $17 an hour to um, $13.25 and then within two months I moved up to 14 something and then 15 something and then I got a promotion and jumped way up past that so that's how I thought you 
I thought you said you was getting seventeen dollars when you was a dishwasher. I was like, they're paying you seventy dollars. I was like, okay, well, time for me. Well, no, I'm just kidding. But time to become an underwater ceramics technician. You know, just to make it sound a little fancy. You want to say dishwasher? Underwater ceramics technician. I get paid seventeen dollars. Underwater ceramics technician. Underwater ceramics technician that's what i am you just came you up know? with that off the top of your head didn't you um yeah kind of <laughs> oh wow that's dope that's dope, that's dope. <laughs> so, <laughs> i was like what well, i have to ask but you said seven okay cool 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 hey antonio and um for those of you guys just joining in this is season one episode nine of the inner entrepreneur podcast i usually uh, you do this on facebook i decided i want to just give instagram a little taste of it so i'm doing the live recording on instagram this time as well so okay you said daniel that you didn't necessarily um grow up around entrepreneurs and interestingly i started working at a fairly young age as well um like i usually when i tell people the stories like my first job that's when i was working at a supermarket did that job but i, I was <laughs> so yeah i i you know it's always interesting to hear other people say that they had to that they started working at a really young age because for me it's like it wasn't so much out of need but i wanted money you know to get certain things for myself and i, right. I never liked the idea of asking people for money so right. i actually went out to look for a job now like i said at the time that was the only way how I need to make money because that was what was taught and what I saw other people around me doing. So entrepreneurship exactly. was wasn't even close to my mind like that. Had I known there were other ways to do it, I would have probably ventured right. out into that. All right. So now you're saying that you got your amateur radio license in May. Now my question about that would be what led you to get that license was it you know you found out that hey you know this is what i should be doing or was it a matter of okay now i have to do for self like what made you go get that license was it just because you only saw the need for survival did it have anything to do with entrepreneurship or just let us know so no actually so just to jump ahead for a quick second um the whole idea of taking amateur radio and using it as a way into entrepreneurship was something that came as a result of um the ABS tribe right um so when I when I discovered amateur radio this was back in March I got the license in May um but it was back in March when you know covid was just jumping off and you know those of us in the nation of Islam under the direction of Minister Farrakhan he advised those who follow him and honor Elijah Muhammad to begin to do what we have been taught doing for years store up food in our homes prepare for a day and time for what the fall of america as the messenger teaches and to you know go down a checklist and get all those things that you're going to need um to sustain yourself and your family in times of need right and so one of the things on that checklist was a radio um it was a, you know a two-way radio or a radio 
And so as I started to research radios and look up what they're capable of doing to figure out what's the best ones to get was, I kept coming across those little, you know, rinky dink radios that like we used to have at Marshalls. You know, look like toys, right? <laughs> and so, and so um, I'm like, okay, this isn't, this isn't good enough. You know what I mean? I didn't want something better. So I started looking up, you know, high quality radios and it went into and it came across the term amateur radio. And then I started to research it. That's how I got into it, really. Um, and as I started to research different influencers in the amateur radio world, I meaning like they're, they're YouTube influencers and Facebook influencers, you know, who that's their niche. And as I started to listen to them, I started to see, you know, the, the extent and the possibilities with amateur radio, you know, a higher grade of radio, what they're capable of doing and how they work. And you know, I'm like, wow, these things are powerful. They, they have a lot of, um, a lot of, um, you know, perks to having one where, you know, conven um, conventional communication is out the window. And so, again, as I'm studying it, I also um, hear someone talking about getting licensed and why you should get licensed, right? So I got into the radio. I would have used it for survival preparedness and all that regardless. But hearing one guy um, talk about it, saying, you know, um, it, it is possible that, you know, your signal can be snatched out of the sky, basically. You can be trying, you can be found out about. People report you if you're on the airways blocking channels and people are trying to make important communications, right? And I'm thinking in an emergency situation, you don't want somebody messing up the your line um, to emergency services, right? And then it dawned on me that also in the Nation of Islam, we're taught that we follow the laws of the land. We follow the rules. We don't... Um, we submit to those who are in authority among us and those in authority over us, as long as it doesn't conflict with our religions. And there's protection in that. And so in my mind, I'm not going to invest my time, invest my money into these radios and put myself in a position to where now um, I have to pay a price. Because you, you can be fined a hefty price for using them improperly without a license and, and so on and so forth. So that was the reason for getting the licensing. Um, the entrepreneur part was all ABS. Oh, okay, okay. So, I just wanted to point out that there was actually, and I'm going to mention their Instagram handle, but there was actually somebody here earlier who was true and stuff. Now, you know, I blocked them with the swiftness because I ain't got time for that. No, usually when I just started doing my um, live streams and stuff, I kind of, you know, ignore them now, but I don't have time. And like they were talking crazy, saying something about the nation. No, I am not. Personally, I am not a muslim but i will say that i really admire how you guys operate um i was drawn by um minister louis farrakhan's like his charisma the way that he spoke and stuff so that was actually how one way that i found ben's page because he regularly posts him as well right so i wanted to ask you how did you get involved in the nation um what led you to join and you know of course what impact that has had on you as far as entrepreneurship because i know you guys always preach do for self do for self so there's a there's a very good connection between um my entrepreneur journey and you know the, well not actually journey, but the journey and me um always wanted to do for self in the sense that i was going to go earn money and not beg for money and, and then when I say earn money, I mean legitimate and illegitimate, right? But I always had the mindset to go and do something for myself without asking somebody. And so a lot of things started off for me at 12 years old, right? 
Um, when I was 12, I had a younger brother uh, by the name of Jalen who uh, passed uh, due to cerebral palsy. He was eight, I was 12. And up until that time, I had a belief in God. I wouldn't say I had an understanding of my own belief, uh, but it was due to the fact that I used to go to church with my grandmother and stuff like that, you know. So I knew Christianity existed, you know, against God. And because of the way the preachers handled us, um, dealing with his the circumstances of his death, which was, I don't like to say natural causes, because there's nothing natural about cerebral palsy, but he wasn't murdered or anything, you know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I went into atheism, right? And when I went into atheism and I decided at the age of 12 that there's no such thing as God, and that the only reason why people who are in power are in power is because one, they have more money than everybody else, and two, they have more knowledge than everybody else. And that set me off on the course to go get as much money as I could and as much knowledge as I could. So I begin to, you know, I, I've always been a reader um, since very young. Uh, my mother taught me how to read before I went into school. So, you know, I was I was reading before six, but at six, I started reading like whole novels, like the Hardy Boys novel. That like I wasn't on the Captain Underpants and nothing like that. I wasn't into full novels. You know, I never read those either. I read one and just to see what the fuss was about. I was like, what is this? So, um, and and so I quickly graduated. You know, reading stuff like um, Harry Potter and all the other bigger novels and books and stuff so that was younger but at the age of 12 when i and when i told myself that you know i have to get more money than everyone else and i need to become smarter than everyone else that started me off on my journey to to work like i was looking for um ways to make money so before i got my back so this, this represents my first paycheck um i was making money my sisters go out and shovel cars um, we used to live in a place in an area in Boston called the South End. It's a more prominent area, if you will. And people would pay fifty dollars a piece for us to shovel out a car. Sometimes a little less, but sometimes we get fifty dollars a piece. Just yep, just to shovel snow around the car, not even the whole property, right? Just shovel the car out, fifty dollars a piece. And so um, I would do little odd jobs to people, like my people, my family would pay me to um, assemble things if they needed a couch, a table, something. Because I'm a handyman by by nature and by trade. That's what I do. I put things together. I connect dots, um, like physical and mental. I put things together. And so that also sitting me down a path like i said uh, of the honest hustle but i also started hustling um in the street life as well and you know at 12 at 12 yeah and so that mindset of going for self and, and seeking power seeking knowledge sent me down a certain type of path and when i hit 16 years old um i ran into the more science temple of america and they are the ones who brought me back into a belief in God. Um, I told myself when I heard a brother named Tosh Tariq Bay teaching that it, there is a God. There's definitely a God. I accepted God one day. I'm like, there's a God. And if that God had a name, his name is Allah, right? Uh, I didn't know anything about the nation at this time, um, but I did believe and I believe strongly. I didn't start studying Islam. I didn't start practicing it at that time either, but I came back into a strong belief. And you know, researching and, and trying to go, you know, get into other organizations and seeing how they operate, I wasn't satisfied. You know, there was always something going on that it was like, no, nah, I can't rock with this. There's just, something's not right. I just had the feeling. And I know now that all those experiences 
help me in the way I move, help me in the way I think now. And that had I not, if, if I, one of those experiences, experiences dropped off, I wouldn't be the same person. I might not be where I am right now. Which I'm, I'm not saying I'm somewhere, but I'd rather be where I am. Stop you know? the cap! Have the cap. Uh -huh. <laughs> of course yes, they are. Yes. So, gotta check that real quick. Okay, you can go. <laughs> go on now. Yes, yes. And so, right, um, I decided I was gonna start my own thing. Mm -hmm. I was about to go and find like-minded people and start my own revolutionary movement. That's what I'm gonna call it. My own revolutionary movement. All right, I can't go. I'm not gonna go into detail in your life about that, right? I'll say that for <laughs> now. My own personal life, you know. Mm. Uh, and so, my grandmother. I went to my grandmother because my my stepfather's mother, my grandmother, um, because she has a sister in Baltimore who was a black, who was an actual Black Panther. And so, she's the closest person I know to to be connected to the movement, if you will. And I went to just ask the questions, like, and the, the main question I asked her was, can you tell me who I should study, what I should listen to, what I should read, and 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 what general advice could you give me um, to apply to what I want to do so that I can learn from the mistakes of the past and also the, the successes of the past, meaning the, the civil rights movement struggle. And she named a whole bunch of people, named books, and she named two names. She named Minister Farrakhan and she named W.E.B. Du Bois. I went home that night and went down the list. And the first thing I decided to do, as a lot would have it, would be listen to the minister. So I searched him up on YouTube and I listened to two 10 minute YouTube videos of the minister. And I immediately called Chicago. And oh, you told were hooked on that? Oh, I was hooked. It was two minutes. But see what happened. Well, that's why I went all the way back. It was because all the things that I had learned, all the things that I was learning, um, the stuff that I understood and the stuff I didn't understood, he connected all those dots the whole way through from 12 on in those two 10-minute YouTube videos. I was completely sold. Completely sold the first time I heard it. And so I started that. That's how I started that journey. That's how I got into the nation. It was it was being first turned away from God and then entering into the mindset of gaining knowledge and gaining money. That drive to get more money, that drive to get more knowledge. And then he came and he basically just said, brother, you're on the right path. But this is how you're supposed to approach it. And I was like, ah, I'm with you. And so that's how I got there. So I wanted to ask because even from watching like other interviews, like when Ben would ask people, most times they would say that their parents were already Muslim. So like they were already in it, but then they left for whatever reason and they came back. But you're saying that you grew up um, Christian. Then you know you end up losing belief in God, and then you found it, and you go, okay, so you were so like you know, like you know, it's for true because the minister really he is very charismatic. Um, I would say for me, I grew up Catholic, and it wasn't so much that like my family was that spiritual or whatever, but it it was just part of the tradition to go to like Sunday mass and whatever. So, you know, as growing up, that's what I did too. But then I wouldn't I was never really deep in it. You know, I went to like the classes and you have communion and all of that. But um I wouldn't necessarily say that I myself became an atheist, but for quite some time I was just kind of like floating, like not thinking about it too much. And actually 
um, I end up coming up with the idea of identifying myself that I'm not, I'm not really conforming to any specific religion, but I, I am a spiritual person. So, like, I would meditate. I do recognize that there's some higher entity. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do. But in terms of necessarily conforming to, and I have kind of thought about joining the nation, but it's like, um. Uh, I don't necessarily. I know y'all are really, really disciplined, so I guess I just kind of want to <laughs> get some more time to really take it in. Because one thing about me, I don't. When I do something, I really like to be all in, so I wouldn't want to come and then still not be like you know 100% on board. Because I think that not only would that be a sort of a waste of my time, but a waste of the other people's effort on their part trying to like teach me as well. So. Um, I know they said that some people either come by the wood or the whipping, but more than likely I'll end up coming before the whipping. <laughs> so, well, can I say this? Um, when, whenever when anyone comes in, it's the time that was chosen for them. So don't feel pressure. Don't worry about it. The day that you do or do not, or the day you make the decision that I'm definitely or I'm definitely not, that's the day that decision is made. Can no one else? And that that's between you and the God you serve. You know what I mean? There are people who are not registered members of the Nation of Islam who work with the Nation of Islam and do more work than some people that are registered. Um, We have all kind of opportunities. You could be a part of the 10,000 fearless. There's opportunities to um, be with one of the nine ministries and not be a registered member of the Nation of Islam. So I I wouldn't worry too much about, you know, being prepared. And, you know, that's that's not the point. If, If we all waited until we were ready, until, you know, then what would be the point of coming in the first place? If I could correct my situation without it, then I would just do it without it, you know? So just 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 keep on the path of righteousness. That's the only thing matters. You develop the relationship between you and the God you serve, you serve, and do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And and God's gonna have something for you whether you fall in or not. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you say, yeah, I think that's a, something with all uh, with all religions, and that for me, that was one thing too, because I knew people who would be going to my church, but they're definitely not living better than other people out here. And it was just so much judgmental things going on within that community, and I guess that was one reason why um, I didn't really care for it too much. Because it's like y'all some hypocrites up in here. Like y'all yeah. just going to church on Sunday, but anyway. So um, thank you for adding that piece to it. So my next thing I would want to ask is that, or by way of introduction, kind of say that, you know, I learned that we actually have like three brains. And let me just explain. So, you know, we have that, the, our gut, you know, people say you listen to your gut. So there's, you know, that gut brain. Then you have your heart. Then you have your actual, you know, physical brain in your body supposedly this or our mind really this is the one that is the um youngest or least developed and it's very emotional so to speak right and then people would say that your gut brain you know you have an instinct or whatever is your oldest one your wisest one that's where you get those hunches etc etc so you as being an entrepreneur i know most people when they talk about why they made certain decisions it was because oh they had a gut feeling or that type of stuff so do you as a entrepreneur rely heavily on your natural instincts or do you really go more into the more recent knowledge about it so, so 
So that's a very good question. I think that everyone should be asked and everyone should contemplate. You know, that's a very, very good question. It's it's pulling and it it's thought provoking, right? It gets a person's thoughts going. It it forces you to really look at it, like what is driving you. This is where you're getting down to your why, and that's a part of the the why question, you know. Um, for me, I think it's a combination of gut because I've always, I feel like, um, and maybe it's true for everybody. I never really got into the whole, you know, studying difference. You know, I've, I know exactly what you're talking about, the concept you're talking about. I remember hearing it being taught, um, but I've never um, bought into that kind of thing necessarily because I do. Like I said, I'm a dots connector. I've always been the type of person that situations, circumstances, and experiences. Um, I like to look at what I've seen. You know, I look at people and I, I, I pay attention to patterns. Like I can recall something if I can attach to a pattern, I can recall it like that. Uh, people, some people don't like me because of that. <laughs> They'd be like, they, they, I'm like, no, it was that. I'll tell you something verbatim that you probably didn't want me to remember, right? Um, so when I, when I, when I, when I deal with the moves I'm going to make in entrepreneurship and in and life in general, whatever it is, I always try to connect what I want to do to something that I've been successful at before. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like touching things and dealing with things where I have no knowledge. So I guess you would say the new, the new mind or the new brain, because you know, and, but since same thing gut because I've my guts led me pretty much in the right direction i'll say i've made some gut decisions that were wrong um so i i'll say a combination but i, I like i really think about that so that's a very good question um definitively i'll say this i'll say this i'm always going to sit back and contemplate i love to contemplate so um i was telling this i don't know if this was on my live earlier on my way to work or not if it was yesterday but when I got the position working in the dishroom, right, I remember how I got to the expediter. Um, the executive chef at the time asked me, um, he came and he stood in the dish window and he said, hey, because the, the gentleman who had just um, had the position had just left the job. And he said, hey, do you, do you want to take the expediter position? I said, no. <laughs> I turned it down. He said, why not? I said, I don't I just want to stay here, do dishes, you know. I like being in my own zone. And when I said that, that's why it's But when I said that, what I was telling them was, in the dish room, it was just me, basically, washing dishes. I was listening to music, and I live up here. I love mm -hmm. to think. I'm one of those people that I can sit back by myself for hours and just think. I can read something and just sit back and think about it. And then be by myself. I don't need no one else around. I'm, I'm a fairly uh, independent person. So, um, some people even call me antisocial. I'm not antisocial. I just, I can sit with myself and I'm not ever speaking. I feel you on that one. Yeah. I really do. And so, and so he actually offered me the job three times before I took it. And so, but the second, the, the, the second time he asked me, um, I told him, I said, well, I don't really want to deal with all the volunteers because going to the expedition now, I have to, because it's a volunteer based organization. We're getting anywhere from 70 to 150 volunteers a day. Most mm, of them. So I actually, so, you keep saying it, but actually, what is what is an expediter? I mean, I know expedite means to make something happen quicker, but in terms of working in a, in a kitchen, what is that? What is that rule actually? Because I'm sure so, it might be 
So in the restaurant, the expediter, you probably might have seen them and didn't know what you're looking at. But they're typically they're typically suited in a restaurant, especially a nice restaurant. They'd be in a suit. They'd be dressed um, um, very nicely, and they are like communication between the front of the house and the back of the house. They're the one who actually looks and checks to see if the food is done the way it's supposed to be done. Is it plated right? Is the temperature right? Is it is it is it, is it the right temperature? Uh, is it the right um, um, you know arrangement? Is it going to the right table? They were the ones to check and make sure that everyone um, in the front of the kitchen and back of the house were in good communication so that the customer or the client would get what they're supposed to get. Their job was to make things run smoothly between the front and the back. You know, they they, they had responsibilities in ordering um, the right products and ensuring the quality of the products, ensuring that things were stored away like if, if something had been left over or, or, or defrosted or whatever, all of that stuff, the processes and make sure the quality is good. They're like, they're like the top quality control in a restaurant. And so- I was about to say that, Trev. So basically you like Gordon Ramsay, but without the insults. Right, so that's, that's an expediter, right, in a restaurant. But I, I said that, but I have to say where I work, I work in an industrial kitchen. We make food for people who suffer from critical, terminal, and disabilitating illnesses. So it's not a restaurant, um, but we do make all of our food from scratch. Um, you can look us up, Community Servings. We're the only um, kitchen in the entire world that has been able to prove through study in the World Health Journal and everything that our food when people because our food is prescribed they 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 label us as, as as a medical facility we make food that is so good quality that people actually get prescriptions from their from their doctor for it so like we make things specific for a diabetic diet if you're somebody who's diagnosed with diabetes your doctor could get you a prescription of our food and it's been proven through actual studies that we can if you eat the foods the way we do it, people have been able to wean themselves off their medication and actually um, get off of insulin and lower their 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 um, medical bills and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's all out there, and we lead the entire movement in the world and that whole food is medicine. So y'all use like medicinal herbs and that type of stuff in your cooking. No, we just cook food the way it's supposed to be cooked. We use all natural food and we make it from scratch. We don't <laughs> fry. Like if we fry, we do oven fried. So we don't submerge anything in oil. Um, when we when we make soups and stuff, we literally, in order to get a soup added onto the menu, it has to go through a vetting process. We have a full-time dietitian and nutritionist on staff. So we know exactly how much water goes into the pot, the exact amount of cups of salt, the exact amount of cups or, or however much time um lemon juice whatever goes into it we know the exact amount and like you say you, you cook a soup it reduces right and mm -hmm. so you start off with 50 gallons and it goes down to 45 gallons once it's portioned and the exact portions 12 ounces into a 16 ounce cup they can tell by the number of portions how much those ingredients have been dispersed and so by that number they can say well this if, if you do it this way repeatedly and it stays that way, then this person's getting X amount of sodium. So you need to take two grams of sodium out. You need to, you, you're, you're allowed to add two more grams of sodium if it if you need it for taste. And so effectively what we get is someone when they get that cup of soup, they know exactly what's in it. Mm. And, and so we tailor make food for a renal disease, dealing with kidneys, for diabetes, for cardiac um, diseases and disorders for re um i said reno already for low lactose diets and all that kind of stuff so it's, it's really a science and so the expediter position in that job and in, in my building it's it's not so like for the client it's more like 
I'm making sure that that stuff is done right. So there's a little bit more pressure on me because I'm making food that, you know, there's insurance agencies that pay for their clients to get stuff. We're one of the most um, heavily watched kitchens in the world because of the population we serve. And so it's, it's really um, a tougher job as an expediter where I'm at. Cause there's not, you know, it's not about the plating just just the way it looks that that too, but it's about making sure that the food is done right, so that the quality for the client who someone who's suffering from an illness um, is getting exactly what they need, nothing less, nothing more. Oh wow! Okay, 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 okay. All right, because I was like, you kept mentioning, I'm like, what what exactly would that be in like a kitchen setting? So in terms of going back to like the entrepreneur, and the reason I asked the question about the um which brain do you use is because that was something for me that I had to kind of train myself to do to like listen to myself because I would get these um these feelings or these hunches and sometimes I kind of like just dismiss it and you know sometimes you get a random thought but if you don't really like entertain it in your head too too much like you you forget and then sometimes you you might try to remember what was that what was that but if you didn't write it down if you didn't ponder in it or something then it's like well, pretty much lost at that point so with me and my entrepreneurial journey now i had to learn and still in the process of learning to listen to myself because you know instinctively i would feel to not do or do certain things and when i don't do it sometimes it ends up being kind of bad. And that's how I actually got digital real estate. Because I came across Ben's page. I saw him talk about the program. I wanted to join it. But I was like, nah. And then I kept getting the feeling to get the course, get the course. And even when I did ask for advice from other people, should I get it or not? Like the answer from the others were like, no, because of other reasons. But then even after that, I still was like, no, I need to get this. I need to get this. So I ended up listening to my, to my gut. To get to get the course and that was actually one of my monumental moments of 2020 was getting that course that helped me on my entrepreneurial journey um so that's yeah. why I, I asked that question and so now oh, you got some sirens up in there always <laughs> yeah i was about to say like even when you're on like the the call sometimes like yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, where does he live? <laughs> because there's right always now. some siren or something passing in your background. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't um, make it up. <laughs> it's recorded on too many lives. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But, you know, um, it wasn't that short. It wasn't that much of a thing anyway. So now, and another thing that I have to do, and I'm still doing on my entrepreneurial journey is um unlearning and relearning letting go of things you thought that you know that was it but then coming to realize okay no there's a better way of the or that way is not actually serving me and actually in my book that's going to be coming out soon there that particular thing um where i have one of the quotes saying you know as long as you keep entertaining obsolete information like you'll be mentally poisoned so what are your thoughts on that and can you probably share one of the biggest things that you had to unlearn and relearn as an entrepreneur so first i I wanted to say right because you was getting at something you you said in the book um you're talking about having the thought 
about what did you say? You said you talking about having the thought to actually go for self and like go into entrepreneur journey, right? But at the same time, you didn't have the right belief. I think that's what you were saying, right? Like, like, like you had the thought to do it, but your belief didn't match it, right? And so you kind of oh, initially. To- oh, you mean like in the well, in my story, how it went was that after I went to the supermarket the second time, I was like, okay, I know. I can't be doing this for the rest of my life, so I definitely have to do something for myself. So I knew I wanted to do something for myself, but then, like you were saying, I didn't go and necessarily research and say the next day and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, that's what I'm going to do. I just knew that down the line, this is not something that I would be doing for the rest of my life. But then at the same time, because I hadn't done anything entrepreneurship-wise or business-wise before, there wasn't so much of a push for me to do it because there was this lingering thought that oh you know this is something very complicated and you know i might not be able to match up for the task so yeah to answer your question yeah so um so i was saying that because you know you have to you have to um believe in yourself right so that that's my thing right um, I've always known that I, like I said, the work ethic. I've always known that I have the work ethic. I've always known that I had the drive. It was just actually feeling secure enough in my ability to do it. Like, you know, making that choice to actually leave the job, making that choice to actually, okay, I'm going to go get this LLC. Well, you know, I'm going to go apply for this license. It's like, you feel, it's like there's a feeling that comes up sometimes. It's like, okay, once I get this, I don't want to get it and then I'm sitting on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And especially if people know I'm doing it and then I don't do nothing with it, there's kind of that that factor in there that if you're yeah, not no, really sure, Yeah, yeah. So, but I re your questions. I don't think I answered your question, but that was in my mind before you asked the question and I wanted to get that out. So oh, you okay. asked me about... Um, oh, so Mike, share one of the biggest things that you had to unlearn and relearn um, as an entrepreneur. So I had to unlearn... Um, working with other people that's the biggest thing because i've always been a a go at it myself person you know and the reality is even like even on like the smaller things like um i was the type of person i was gonna do every single step including i was gonna make my own logo i'm gonna go you know file all my own papers i'm gonna i'm gonna go study accounting so i can count all my own stuff i'm gonna do all of that stuff on my own you know i'm not asking nobody to do nothing and, and that way i don't have to share with nobody no it doesn't work like that i broke down i called us the market the market you help me here i called somebody else to help me with you know um certain other things and you know that i had to unlearn that that um the you know do as much as you can on your own at first because you're going to save money you're going to you're going to gain more experience and all that kind of thing you know you can't trust working with family and all that kind of thing and and, and relearn that that relearn that you know you can't do it on your, your on your own, you know? There, you can have a sole proprietorship. You can have something where um, you are running it at the top by yourself, but eventually you're gonna need some kind of an employee, a VA, you're gonna need an accountant, you're gonna need um, a mentor, you're gonna need somebody somewhere down the line, a lawyer, yeah, to help you stay on task, or you'll never be able to scale it. You'll just basically be a, a side hustler for the rest of your life making money when you can, if you can handle the job, turning down jobs because you don't have somebody to, you know, help you with that. Like I, I like I, I did a lot of landscaping. And so I was turning people down. 
because I can only cut so many yards in a day. And it's like, my thing is I'm not, I'm not trying to split the money. Um, I don't trust other people's work ethic and all that kind of thing was in my mind, but I'm like, you know, it, such subcontractor, you know what I mean? So I, I started, you know, dealing with the brothers in the nation. I would, um, if I couldn't handle a job, I would tell them that I was going to have somebody else come and, and, and do it. And basically like, like, as if we were working for the same company, even though we don't. Um, but that's what I would do in order to remain, uh, I'll keep a relationship with those individuals. So mm-hmm. that's, that's another unlearned. You know, that's something that I always say on my platform as well, you know, that you cannot achieve um, greatness alone. And I actually made a video about that the other day. It was like, just because you just starting off on your entrepreneurial journey doesn't mean that your stuff has to look trash. Like, you know, get you a graphic designer and, you know, make your stuff look good. Um, even for me, where it's like, I'm not where I might want to be right now, but I still invested I paid someone to make my website, even like my down to like my templates on social media. What like you would see, I kind of have like a theme or pattern using. I paid for those right to get designed and stuff just so I can have my stuff to look uniform, you know. So yeah, there's always a free way to do it. But like you said, there's only so much time. There's only only so much time in a day. And I can kinda relate as to why you probably have an issue asking for help because i'm was like that i'm still kind of i'm in certain aspects where it's like you know because you don't really trust how other people might do it then it's right. like you know what let's do it myself or with me i will i i might ask for help i would ask somebody for help but if i have to come back and ask you to do it for me then i wouldn't ask because at that point i don't know that just feels kind of too close to begging for me so because i know if somebody asks me to do something and i tell them yes then then i'll do it because i kind of make it a priority in that sense so and then also with that Another thing I want to ask you is because for me, my I had to train my emotions for me to kind of step into this entrepreneurship world. So was that something that you struggled with? Um, yeah, you said you called the um, the mental the mental struggle and emotional roller coaster or the mental battle. I think you said it. Um, yeah, I definitely went through that um, because again. I, 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 when I, like, for instance, when I started doing landscape and stuff, I started with no tools, you know, just going, doing odd jobs for people. I was the type of person that I would get on a train, I would get on a bus and travel to another town um, to do a job, and I'll do it with the minimum amount of tools. I would do stuff that you're supposed to do with a machine with my bare hands. And I developed um, a, a reputation. I have a reputation. People know that if you call me to do the job, that train's going to get done right and it's going to get done the same day. Like, I, I'll work until I learned how to do something officially, I, I've gone to jobs and I've worked for 14 hours straight with no break. You want some water? Would you like something? No, no, I'm fine, man. Yo, no, sir. No, that, no, that sounds too victimizing for me. <laughs> see, but see, but see I, I did that because I was working by myself on jobs where it's normally two or three people. So like if I had to go do someone's yard and they got a front yard and the backyard, they want the hedge trimmed, they want a tree trimmed down, they want um, weeds picked and all that stuff. It takes a while to do that. And that type yeah. of job is typically split between two or three people. But there's a landscaping company and they send two or three people to do that job and they knock it out. I was doing the whole thing by myself. And after I would learn that person's problem, first of all, they would call me back because I did a good job and I didn't leave. I didn't require a break, you know, 
they like the work ethic. And then, so now that same job that might have took me 14 hours, I knock it out in six. I knock mm-hmm. it out in six hours by myself and I still collect that thing. So when it comes to bringing other people on, you know, I, I don't like bring. I don't want somebody to come on and, and, and they do crappy work. Or they're always on break, and the person looks out the window, and they're on the phone, like nah. So for me, there's there's, there's an emotional attachment to my work, there, and yeah. that's something that I'm still trying to overcome. Right? Is is letting go of that and allowing other people to develop themselves because they have to learn just like I had to learn, right? And yeah. and effectively, what I'm doing is depriving someone of an opportunity. That's how I force myself to look at it to allow yeah. other people to work. Um, so for me, that's the emotional part for me is that uh, I'm in love with the service I provide and the quality of it, um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, um, I understand what you're saying, but then, like Jake would always tell us, that you shouldn't hire projects. And for the people who are not in the ABS tribe, basically what that means is that, you know, some people, I don't know if that happened to you in the audience as well, where somebody hires you to do something, but they want to give you like 12 other different jobs to do. So they basically want to squeeze as much labor as they can out of you for right. like pennies, pennies on the dollar. So you don't want to hire projects just for cheap, you know, cheap labor. So... Right to save you from having to teach the person why not saying that you still have to teach people your certain style of doing things for your company you know your your stamp of quality but to hire somebody who is already qualified in that area you know so right. that's one way that could probably help you or to anybody else listening where it's like you know don't get don't go just for the sake of it being cheap looking for somebody who's inexperienced to kind of train them you want to get somebody who you know can do the job so that way it will save you time and you know time is money um but for me with my emotional battle was just it was just that that i was a very emotional person and i would let things that probably should not have been a big deal or something that was temporary like make make it take up most of my time but you know as an entrepreneur you have to be alert you have to have a sharp mind so my emotions was getting in the way of me making decisions so that's when i know okay that's something that i had to control and that's why i i pause and say okay is this something that is going to matter in the next five years is this something that is this something that warrants a reaction from me? So that was my reason for asking. Just just to kind of let even the people listening who may not be entrepreneurs that, you know, becoming an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you suddenly become Superman. You know, you still have, you know, normal things to go through. You're still somebody. And because people tend to like to say that, Oh, everybody wants everybody to be an entrepreneur, but they never talk about like the bad side of it or whatever. Like, it's not like nobody will. For me, I can say that for sure. It's not like I trying to trick you into being an entrepreneur. I don't necessarily directly benefit anything from that. But I mean, in my, I firmly believe that everybody can. And ought an to be. And yeah, and ought to be an entrepreneur because we all yeah, have special gifts and talents that we can give to the world and you know they like to say oh if everybody's an entrepreneur who's gonna be the employee <laughs> and it's just okay so like tell me what is the difference 
between an entrepreneur going to a grocery store and a regular person going to the grocery store? Nothing. Exactly. There's 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 no difference in that. Both people they're buying groceries. But I'll tell you what probably would be the difference is that the entrepreneur can write off those groceries as a business expense, a tax write-off. The ordinary person wouldn't have the capability to do that just because they're a regular consumer. So right. even with that being said, the owner of the grocery store is an entrepreneur. The person owning the hair salon down the road is an entrepreneur. If she comes, if he or she comes to the grocery store and buys something, then it's still entrepreneurs buying from entrepreneurs. So when people say that, it's like they almost have the mentality that oh, somebody always has to be at the bottom. And I think that that is one of the ills of our life mainstream society that there always has to be somebody at the bottom or only a few can be at the top but really and truly like i said i believe that um everybody can be an entrepreneur in that respect so what is your view really on so that I, so i i've answered that question already uh, not on here but i've answered that question already in my mind like i remember you saying that in the book um um, your belief is that everybody can be and ought to be an entrepreneur and that they have gifts and talents that um, are, your word was, are gifts to humanity, I think it was. And so... Yeah, so we humanity, and, basically somewhere that we can all help our society. Right, so the way I see it is, is that there are two um, resources or groups of people who really haven't been tapped into. Um, I think we have to reconsider the working ages and, and how that works because we should be allowing um, youth as young as 12 to get certain jobs that they're not able to now. I understand the whole child labor laws and all that, but if a parent doesn't mind their 12 year old working eight hours for 40, for 40, uh, um, for five days a week, then why not allow that child to get some experience working? Allow that child to get things like that's a law that I think is, is I understand, like I said, I understand, like there should be certain things in the books that are under child labor laws that have to be kept in place with the, as far as abusing that, the, the children it has to be strict um, oversight and stuff to make sure that they are not being treated the way people are treated now necessarily. Um, but I think that's one thing. How about all these college students out here that need jobs? How many college students don't, can't get a job right now? And then I not think right. So there's a bunch of people that need jobs right now, and they could still. And then on top of that, you know, volunteering. So these are things that went through my mind when I first read it. You know, volunteers. I'm not ready when I first heard Kane talk about that. Um, but volunteers. You know, I work in an organization that's heavy on volunteer labor. There are overall like 60 to 70 employees in my company altogether. Of course, everyone doesn't work the same shift, so we're not all at the same time. So drop that number for who's on staff. And everyone's not in the kitchen. So in the kitchen, you know, we maxed out somewhere around 15 to 17 employees in the kitchen. That's just kitchen alone. All the volunteers, 175 to 150, come into the kitchen so we're outworked by the volunteers and a lot of these volunteers are what college students mm -hmm. and people who have decent jobs and have time to give back and volunteer mm -hmm. 
So those two groups are used to providing a service where they're effectively working. So you could you could replace those jobs that that people you know they become entrepreneurs and make the grocery store job a, a volunteer thing. Someone can volunteer to run the produce section. Someone can volunteer to do the cash registers. You see, you see what I'm getting at? Now I understand how that that um, could be conflict, especially like the with the with the cashier type thing, right? Where um, someone's dealing with money and volunteers aren't contracted. Yeah, I don't think that would be a volunteer thing. <laughs> no, no. So, so I, I have answers to that too because everything else in that supermarket could be volunteer. The cashiers, guess what? Keep them automated. I don't mind that. Self checkout. I prefer self checkout. It could be a clear line. Open that lady sitting there, and I'm gonna bring all my stuff up for my own, anyways. <laughs> but, but I'm saying that is it. There is an avenue. There is a way. Some people do want to work and do business. Some people like a side hustle. They want to earn money and have side hustle. I think the. I think we do live in a world where it is possible and where it should be that everyone can and everyone ought to to be an entrepreneur. That doesn't mean entrepreneur doesn't mean that you're somebody you're seeking to make six figures, seven figures. Some people just want to make enough on the side to go on vacation whenever they want yeah I like where you went with that because some people get it twisted like they hear entrepreneur and they immediately start thinking about all the bells and whistles and exactly. like really like the extreme of it but it's like like I was saying the other day that there, there are levels to entrepreneurship so you have just the side hustle the upscale side hustle you being like an entrepreneur because a lot of people is that they don't necessarily want to be an entrepreneur well they want to have the the extra cash flow but it's like things like working in the back office like checking your analytics and all of that worrying about marketing and managing this and managing that they don't want to do that but you know they just want to get like straight to the money but again that's where it comes with building your team you might not like to do that you may have to learn how to do it when you buy yourself for a short time but you can hire people to do that so that's why i'm really focusing heavy on more like the mindset in my book because i want people to see that you know you're an employee now but really it doesn't take let me not say it doesn't take that much because there's a few things that you'd have to change to really get the mind of an entrepreneur depending on how yeah. deep you kind of stuck in your employee mindset but at the same time like majority if not all of this stuff that you're doing on a job now can be transferable to business in some way shape or form so that's really why exactly. i was focusing on the mind of an entrepreneur because really i'm sure like i was saying it's all about perspective like you could have a business idea opportunity right in front of you but if you don't have the right mindset then you just would you just wouldn't recognize it as such so then another question that i'd want to ask you is for you being an entrepreneur what was one of the i'll just keep it kind of broad what was one of the hardest things that you probably had to go through or overcome as being an entrepreneur um i actually talked about this in my live earlier you know i i i love and this is why i like the way you and brother ken how you all use your lives to teach because um i met my wife at at 12 right so we've been around each other for a while 
Um, so everything at twelve, huh? <laughs> no, no, for real. I'm telling you, my life jumped off at twelve. I stepped off the porch at twelve. That means I got into the street. Um, at twelve, I started studying like a scholar. At twelve, I started hustling. At twelve, everything a lot jumped off at twelve. A lot. That was a, that was the most pivotal year of my life, outside of the year that I fell into the nation, and then probably now 2020. So, um, but so because she plays a role in this, this so this the whole scheme of things. Um, when you already have a child and a wife uh, or a spouse or you know whatever someone's situation circumstances is. Um, and then you start, you try to embark on an entrepreneurial journey. You already have a job. Like I, 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 I am with a woman I've been with for years. It's not like it's somebody I, um, let me put it this way. So had I found digital real estate and I had just got into a relationship that wasn't that serious, I would have dropped that relationship real quick. But yo, I'm about to focus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not like really, because I, 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 I tuned in immediately. When I logged into that class within five minutes, I was, it was like listening to the minister again. I was sold. I was sold in the first five minutes of being on that chat call. You know, the, the, the whole, um, Good news of the day thing. I was like, this is dope. I was, I, I, I was all the way in, and so, um, so that's my mindset, right? But the reality is, I, I already have a child. I have a wife, and so one of the obstacles for me is that you know, trying to find the right time to say goodbye to the security of a paycheck, trying to you know navigate that. Because they're depending on me, and I have to make the right choice. And they're not the only ones depending on me. Um, being a member of the Nation of Islam, um, you may not know it, but you're dependent on me to do even that which you don't know that I'm responsible for doing for you. Um, like I'm responsible for no, for real. Um, as as members of the Nation of Islam, our responsibility, the responsibility we take on, is to establish something so that when stuff hits the fan, our people have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. Our people have farmland. Like, like you, you might not understand this, but this farmland that grows food for you. If you came over here and and you went to any mosque in this country and you said, you know, um, whatever you say, and I'm out, I'm without you, you be taken care of. Like people don't know that, but that's what we do. We're trying to establish something that when stuff is the fans, so it's something for our people. And so the, that responsibility to make sure that. You know, the decisions I make um, don't compromise my position and my ability to be able to deliver it to the people I depend on. That's my struggle. That's my thing. Like, um, I've told my wife this plenty of times, like straight up. If if I wasn't married and didn't have a child, I'd be living in a shelter. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. Like, if I had no responsibilities, I would, I would keep the same work ethic and everything, and I would move into a shelter and do the same thing and, and eliminate as much overhead as possible. I would go get me a Metro PCS phone, <laughs> the cheapest phone possible. Um, I'm not getting no car. I'm not buying no clothes. And I'm going to work and stack my money. Work and stack my money and do my work with the nation. And that's it. Like, that's my mindset. But having a family, it makes it harder for me to make those choices. You know what I mean? Why a shelter, though? Like, for you not to, like, pay oh, for homes? All of that. Listen, I'm eliminating as many... As many, no, I'm serious. I'm eliminate. I would eliminate as many um, expenses as possible so that the money stacks quicker. Because I have mm-hmm. plans for my money, and this is why, like, I've said a couple lies. Like, and I give the example. Like, one of the things I'm like, like, if I hit it big, if I make multiple millions of dollars, I'm gonna open up a facility. 
that is that is going to teach um, the ABS Institute. I'm going to open up a facility, um, at least a million dollars in that facility, where I can invite youth in the neighborhood as early, as young as they'll let me take them, where we're going to invite Brother Jason in. And we're going to have computers set up just for them to use to learn digital real estate, phones for them to go live on. Brother Jason is going to get each of them set up with their own Shopify store. They're going to learn how to drop ship. Sister Marquis is going to come in and she's going to get them all a logo. She's going to get them all a website. She's going to get them all trademarked and all that stuff that she does. So that by the time they're 11, 12, 13, 14, they already got a logo. They know how to make money online. Um, Brother Ken's going to come in and teach them some business stuff. You're going to come and teach them some business stuff. They're going to have the elevated pitches. And then by the time they're 18, they, there's no going to college and, 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 navigating that world like i told my son i told my son this morning before i left out i said by the time you're 10 you're gonna have your own business like that's i just what i told him this morning like you're gonna have, he said 10 i said year 10. You, you're gonna have your own business by 10. He he's six i told him you're not about to do it all. like i was about to go out the house and i was telling him like i don't like the fact that i'm about to leave you to, to go work like you're not gonna do that like i i don't see that for you and so my mindset is i have to stay on point and make the right decisions so that those I'm responsible for um, don't suffer from my lack of a good choice, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear that, but you know, I actually kind of like a challenge that I want to put out there for like you that. and other people is that, and E.T. said this in one of his videos, where is that, like, you know it's time for you to leave that job, but you're just scared that your business is not going to take off. So mm-hmm. it's not that you know that you can't do something for yourself, but again, just holding on to that security because you know you're going to have a paycheck coming, but then when you're in a business, really, is just on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for real. Um, you know, that mental emotional roller coaster, that's what I'm on all the time. You know, like I'm good all weekend and I wake up on Monday, I gotta go to work. And I might, I might sigh like eight times Monday morning before I already walk out the house. <laughs> I'm so trying you to already know that's not, that's not your calling. Like, I'm not the call in. This is going to be the morning I'm going to call in and say, yo. I, well, no, see, see, I, I, the way I would, I would want to do responsibly, I would give it two weeks notice. But I would make the decision like, you know what? I'm going to go in and make my two weeks notice today. Um, yeah, but because... it, that's a battle all the time in my mind. But then, like I always tell my audience, too, you don't want to leave your job prematurely as well. So if you Six don't months. have if you don't have the 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 amount of money you need to start up your business, then you shouldn't leave because if you right. don't have your business set up to a point where it actually starting to sustain you, and you go and leave, plus you say you have a wife, future, that's going to put extra stress on you. Exactly. So I always have to tell people, make sure you have like a, a cash reserve, at least like six months of your expenses saved up. So even if, you know, you're not at the job, you're at least, okay, you know, my core expenses paid for rent, um, light right. bill, water bill, phone bill, Wi-Fi, groceries, you already know that taken care of to so just give you some kind of peace of mind. Exactly. Also, another thing that I would always say is that your business should already be basically established. And when I say established, I mean at least like the structure of it set up before you actually leave your job. Because you don't want to leave your job right. and then you don't have nothing to do. You want it to be a smooth transition as possible. You already so you have your class where you're teaching people about radio and stuff now. 
So if you're doing that to a point where you know, okay, you're having at least an average of this amount of money coming in, plus you still have that six months of expenses saved up, then you're in a spot to pay, okay, I can leave. But if you're not in that yeah. spot yet, then I would say, um, you know, stay at the job, let your boss pay for your dreams at that point, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I wrote, I took that note down out of the book too. You know, allow, you know, it's, it's okay to work a job temporarily in order to have that job fund your your higher purpose that's how, i think that's how you said it um but no I, I totally agree and and the method is what the messenger calls stealing away you know don't just leave the job he didn't he didn't mention the part where you're using it to fund your steal away but yeah until you have enough money to pay for all your necessities for um six months in advance and and, and see and not just that see me i add the debt free part like I want all my um, non-recurring debts because your rent and stuff is recurring. Um, but if it's not a recurring debt, I want that all paid off before I leave. I don't want to leave and there's any debts on the table. Credit cards paid off. Medical, any kind of medical bills they need to pay off, pay them joints off. And then on top of that, I have the six months and then I can leave because I have that cushion, um, that margin of error now that I have six months to get it right. And, and, and you know, so I'm, that's what I'm working towards. But it doesn't stop the mental battle though that's the thing you still yeah, wake yeah, up yeah. that is something that you'd have to keep working on mm-hmm. De- definitely <laughs> hey um so just before we kind of end off quickly i want to ask you to kind of like give your review of the what the book is you know you've mentioned it a few times in some of your responses to the questions so just give us a a quick review of what was your probably your favorite part about the book what do you have to say about it so um there's a lot and and it really is a your book represents what um, the ABS tribe in digital real estate, well, I'll say most specifically the tribe represents. It represents a mind shift. It represents uh, the why when I read it, like I, I said before, it, you can really, it feels personal. Like you're getting into a person's thoughts and the way that they move because you're giving your experiences, but you're giving them in a way that a person can see themselves in that position. They can see themselves in your shoes and think, you know, she's right. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go through that. You mentioned um, having six jobs before the age of 20, you know, from mm-hmm. 15 to 20 and being fired on the fourth one and then telling yourself that, you know, I want to um, be, you said, um, you said financially free. I think you said fulfilled. Yeah wealthy uh, i think those are the three terms you use um you mentioned um you know um talking about um the obstacles and how they're going to appear and you just have to you know be ready to go through them they're going to come like they're going to come and there's nothing you can do about that you just have to be ready to actually fight them you know um you mentioned a lot of stuff but the, the biggest thing i think is the mindset and and like i said in the review i did before i really do see it for myself as a tool that i can use to help other people uh, it's that I think it's that detailed. I think it's that um, critical that it, it, it's good enough so someone can like what's it called the blue book method or something like that. Um, I think it has more than one name the concept, but where you, if you could drop a book somewhere and someone could pick it up and follow the example off the book, then you know you got something. You have something like someone could pick this up, and say, "Oh wow, I understand that. That that's right," and they could apply 
your mindset to their own. They can superimpose it on their life and and start to eliminate excuses. That's what it is. It's like it's, it's an excuse lim- eliminator, taking it right out of people's mind oh, wow. when, when, <laughs> when you're telling them or when they're thinking about. Um, you know, don't, like you talk about the steal away thing and, and whether or not they should leave their job. Well, no, be practical about it. Hold on to the job. You know, um, making the big decisions to pursue the goal in, in general. The whole talk about the emotional part and, and, um, and, and, um, what am I saying? And the emotional roller coaster and knowing that it's going to be there. You can't really stop that from happening. You just have to overcome um, trading your salary or trading your time for a fixed salary. Like that's something that is a good point. And, and, and it's really something that you can really tax them by, right? So here, so this is where I break that part down is you're trading time for a fixed salary. It's what Brother Ben X talks about, but I, I go a little deeper into it and then you went a little deeper into it, right? So look at the day. There's 24 hours in a day. Period. You spend eight hours on a job and you give X amount of energy on one day and eight hours and it's a fixed salary, that's what you get paid. The next day, increase that labor, increase that, that work ethic. You still get paid the same. The eight hours isn't going nowhere. That's that's one third of your life. Mm-hmm. So minus the weekends, right? Or add the weekends back on. Um, and then if you sleep eight hours, like most people think you should, which I, I don't agree with. Um, you're now talking about minimum eight hours plus eight hours is one third of your two thirds of your life. That's sixty percent of your life. That doesn't include transport back and forth to work. That doesn't include time for you to take a shower. Um, mm-hmm. And if you shower twice a day, that's that's more time for you to prepare your food or eat your food if you do cook it. For you to do your laundry. For you to um, everything that you have to do takes time. So you're effectively talking about more than two thirds of your life are wasted. But when you're an entrepreneur, now you control when you can go into work. You control, you know, the work ethic you put in and how much you're going to pay yourself and how much you're going to charge for a product or how many products you can push. Um, you know, and you control all those factors. So I think that's a big one. Um, assessing your life and your family and understanding that you're really the one in your way because we put things in our way. Like you have to yeah. assess family you have to assess your friends and those who you choose to spend your time around if they're always on nonsense then your mind is going to be thinking about the things that they're talking about around you you have to really understand that when you do that that you are you're you're redirecting your brain from business you're redirecting your brain from what needs to be talked about and dealt with in order to get into that entrepreneur mindset right um the necessary shifts you said that one has to go through in order to escape that employee mindset and um become an entrepreneur like those shifts aren't no joke Mm. it's no joke like you have to really uproot some um deeply rooted things whole trees out of your mind whole trees the idea that you got to go to school in order to 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 be successful um the idea that you have to use debt in order to acquire the tools the the building or whatever it is that you need to go for self and and open your business like that's a lot um you said um um Well, you already gave a lot already as it is. And like, I really appreciate that really like in-depth review of it. And I didn't even look at it that way when you said it was an excuse eliminator. Uh, oh, yeah. That was that was something, that was my first time hearing that. So I really appreciate 
um that review of yours and you know just listening to you and hearing other people's feedback about it i'm very very happy that i actually wrote that book and went ahead with the idea to put it out there and you know i'm i just i look forward to hearing other things like that from other people like you see i'm already smiling because it's just it's just it's just something that really makes me like i can actually help somebody change the trajectory of of their life and you know to me that 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 that's really deep so i it appreciate you so much um for that review honestly thank you um so for those of you listening to this podcast so if you're watching the live stream with us you can go to verinalake.com that's my website for you to get on the waiting list for the book i have it pinned it. there hmm? get that free business plan and checklist Exactly. I'll print it out. I got caught up. I don't know what I was I was oh I was working on slides. I was working on slides for my class and I, I was supposed to have dinner one day. I was working on slides for my class and it completely mm-hmm. escaped my mind. Sorry about that. Oh, but I know you'll get it to me. But for all of you guys who stayed here, you know, we've been on this thing for like over and over and I just really appreciate you guys for watching in the audience on the live stream and to you listening to this as well, whether it's on Anchor, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Radio Republic, Breaker. You can listen to this on your favorite streaming platform. I've put all the links to the different platforms on my website as well. Listen everything is on the website <laughs> just go to barinalake.com or click the link in my bio on instagram or on facebook and you get on the book waiting list in an entrepreneur the shifts you must take to start your entrepreneurial journey is coming up and i think that i'm actually going to drop the cover art for it on new year's day Ooh. as well and you, you know you haven't shown that cover have you i i actually did a preview of it in the facebook group I don't think I put in our Facebook group for um ABS Digital Real Estate. Hey, Unika. I actually did that there and I got like tons of comments and stuff on it. So maybe if you didn't see it on Facebook, but I'll be dropping that cover at on New Year's Day. I got the final edits back a while now. So again, thank you to all of you guys who watched. Okay, I really really appreciate it. So we'll be having more guests coming on to the episode to the podcast. So this was in an entrepreneur season 1 episode 9 with our special guest Daniel for it. Okay. Okay, it was so great to have you. It was a very engaging conversation. I'm sure the audience enjoyed. We're getting some comments throughout, okay? So I really appreciate you for coming on. And any me. final comments that you want to share with the people before we leave this time? Yeah, um definitely. First of all, to you, thank you for having me on to the platform and allow me to give my review. Um I think it's important for us to help each other in those ways and you know because it, it reassures us that we're on the right path. You know, people do it for me all the time and I'll ask them questions and they'll tell me, "Oh, no, yeah, no, I got this from that." And you know, and it, it does reassure you that you know you're doing the right thing and you are. Um so keep up that good work again like I said earlier. Um and then I would leave us with this. You know, there's no time to waste. Um I've been big on time lately. Like we don't know 
what's going on and, and when things are going to jump off in this world. There are too many variables that are unstable right now in our world, in the political climate and the, the climate dealing with COVID and now them talking about, um, and this goes directly with what you're talking about and the mindset you're trying to help, help people get. Because if they start talking about not being there, come on that job. Um, if you don't get a vaccine and you're not about the vaccine life, then what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do other than entrepreneurship? Don't wait until you have to now to start to try exactly. to shift your mindset. Do what you need to do to shift your mindset. And when you have products like Sister V's inner, inner Entrepreneur, now you have a way to do that. You don't have to go and reinvent the wheel. You don't have to go and you know do a whole bunch of research. She's done the research. She's, she's, she's walked that path and has put something out there for us to be able to tap into so that we can um, use those tools to navigate to that, to our goal quicker. And so I would tell people tap in, click the link in the bio because like it's, it's a whole checklist. Like this, it's a whole checklist of things that- Yeah, show them, let them see. If you're thinking about, uh, I wanna show all three pages. If you think about going into business, you know, look, what's on there? It's a whole checklist. That's page one. That way if they go back and watch, they can pause it and, and read, right? Oh, damn, that's four pages to that. I was about to skip it. I'm never the way that you printed it out, but yeah. And then yeah. I put, I, it's really like a, a checklist and notepad hybrid because I really put the, the note section on the side yeah. because that you don't want to just have your thoughts written down on random pieces of paper and you know you get flawed or whatever the case exactly. is so i really wanted to give something compact that you could that was oh. for you to use so and that's free as well on the website so it's a business kind of checklist so definitely you can go ahead and get your free copy consider that a little gift as a way for staying towards the end of this again brainalake.com and also make sure you go ahead and follow daniel on his page as well i did i had his instagram name up basically for the whole um podcast, podcast episode. so it's there and you know a website will be coming soon so yes. you can go ahead and check out your name daniel also has survival preparedness classes that he's currently doing so make sure you're tapped in with him on that as well and unica said it's a very thorough checklist it's very good and you have thinking about your business so that's just another review you guys are getting the live on the podcast so again i really really enjoy this i'm gonna continue like i said bringing more people on continue to speak about what i'm speaking about and then we're going to end this thing out how we usually do okay you deserve happiness wealth and to live life in abundance don't hold back your inner entrepreneur. Again, thank you to our special guests for coming through on the podcast. Make sure you go to verinalake.com. Click the link in my bio for if you want to get on the book waiting list so you can get updates on that. And make sure you go grab your free business plan and check this. Like listen, it's free. Like Daniel said, put in the, the research, put everything together for you so you can have that one document that you need to guide you on your entrepreneurial journey. So I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Peace. Peace, family.